This is Amalia Eon Karras. This is Satya. And you're listening to, to Love, Love, Sex, and, and the, the Hidden, Hidden Agenda. Agenda. Our podcast was created with the sole intention to release toxic shame, illuminate our shadow nature, and expose the mysterious entities that feed off our most precious life force, our sexual energy. To learn more about our life-enhancing courses and transformational retreats, visit knowtheself.com. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, Fringe FM. It's so good to be here. Hey, Satya. Hey, Amalia. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, my God. Joe, are you awake? It's a uh, marathon. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. We made it. So we've been having some technical difficulties. It's been um, a difficult moment to just get here live with you guys and this is Satya and my first time doing our podcast Love Sex and the Hidden Agenda live. Normally we record it so we can edit it and uh, be careful what we're saying. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Who knows knows what will come out. I know who knows but I just want to say thank you guys um, for being here with us because Joe has been such a inspiration for us. He's been holding the fort down here at the Fringe FM. Um, this station is really dear to my heart. This is a community of beautiful truth seekers, people who dare to talk about the things that most people don't even dare to talk about. And, you know, for me, Joe, you have um, really helped me on my healing journey um, because these. You know, what we talk about in our podcast, what you talk about on, you know, all over and all your shows on the station are are things that, you know, many of us, myself included, don't even share often with our partners, our families, uh, some of our best friends due to, you know, what they're going to think about us or uh, how they might judge us. But here we have a community of people who are ready and willing and needing to talk about it for our own um, healing journey and sanity. So thank you, Joe. Yeah, thank you, Joe. (laughs) It's so true, Amalia. I mean, when I think about it, people who listen to uh, Fringe FM and this community uh, know more about me than my own family does and my, uh, like many of my friends and probably my boyfriend. (laughs) absolutely absolutely me too more than my boyfriend also I know one time I told him I think you should listen to the podcast just to know me a little bit more but then I'm kind of nervous if he would because it's like my whole sexual history (laughs) yeah that's the big joke that always goes on between you and me is just like what do we and with Joe just what do we you know wait do we want it who do we want to tell about this podcast we should we keep it a secret like half the time we just keep it a secret (laughs) Yeah, I know. It was like a whole year of secret keeping and I'm finally merging my worlds and like coming out of the love sex hidden agenda closet. So, um, and it's, I owe it all to Joe because him having this station and having me on as a guest and pushing us to do the podcast, um, has been such a journey. It's been almost, we're, we're on our third year, right? I think so. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah. A long time to be telling secrets. I know. So if you guys who are listening have loved our podcast and um, love the Fringe FM, I want you to go put some money down in the GoFundMe. Um, We're taking donations today. This is a radiothon. So um, head on over to uh, make sure I say it correctly. What is it? Fringe FM. It's fringe.fm Fringe.fm. forward slash donations. There we go. Fringe.fm forward slash donations. So um, it looks like we're we've already hit the the goal, but let's yeah. keep giving you guys because it takes a lot to put this. Um, to run this station. Joe does a lot of this just from, you know, the goodness of his heart and we need to support it. We need to support him and 
and the station and keep it alive. Because now more than ever, we need a place to speak freely. So you guys, if you've gotten anything from this station ever, even just an ounce of wisdom, go drop some money in there and let's show some support. Yay! Where are we? Yeah, support ching ching. Support Fringe FM. <laughs> we love I'm, you and you love us. What I'm <laughs> what I'm so happy about is to see some people I know giving. So I I see you guys. Um, a few names I noticed. Justin, I want to give a shout out to you, Justin Rep and um, David. Militzer, thank you. And anyone from our community that's giving, um, I want you to send us an email so that we can give back to you because I'm going to put together a really special gift um, just for you guys who are showing support. Um, a lot of people listen and take, but they don't give. And I like to reward the givers like Joe. So, uh, yeah, really yeah. happy to have you guys here with us. Yeah. Hi, Justin. And yeah, right. That's our family. Um, so I asked some some people, uh, some of our listeners, to to tell us what they want to hear most about from us today, uh, unedited and raw. And only one person responded, and I think it's because everyone's so shy. Because I have. I mean, often we get responses of people telling us how healing our um, podcast has been for them, how it's answered some questions and helped them deal with and grapple with some of the things going on, the paranormal issues in their sex life, love life, and whatnot. Um, but only Darlene responded, and she wanted to hear more about life and love after assault. So I want to make sure that we spend some time chatting about that today and if you're listening Darlene and you want to call in um, or if any of you uh, anyone else is out there listening and wants to um, either ask a question live or chat in about this topic as we're speaking uh, there is a call-in number it's 1-800-588-80 <laughs> no I got it wrong 0335 that's right um, so that's 800-588-0335. Yeah, yeah, so if you want to join us live on the air, you just call in. We'll, we'll give you a few opportunities, hopefully, while we're chatting here. But um, Satya, what do you, you want to jump in first? What do you feel like you want to um, talk about in terms of Darlene's question about life and love after assault? Uh, well, yeah, I think we should just dive right into that subject. I think that's a great um, subject. And I, I think people really uh, could use a little refresher. There's not a whole lot of information out there uh, on this subject. And it's, you know, sometimes it's a sim simpler than it seems. But yeah, I think that let's just dive in to that, Amalia. I mean, my, my first thoughts, I guess, are, are, you know, when, when you're, um, in a relationship, uh, after trauma and, you know, we've all had various forms of trauma, um, various intensities. First of all, my first important thought on this is, is that, you know, it's important to just try again and to love again, because, the next relationship isn't going to be like the last relationship and it doesn't, the cycles don't have to repeat and the person isn't the same person as mm -hmm. the person you were with before. And so I know that takes a little bit of faith and a little bit of trust and a lot of courage and a lot of self-love actually, but just to be willing to do that because healing really does happen inside of relationships. Absolutely. And yeah, and uh, what else was I going to say? The yeah, just the 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 willingness to to do it and to share, and to you know, there are people out there that um, do want to know about 
you know, what you're going through. They, they do want to love you. They do want to be by your side. Um, so, you know, the, the willingness to share with them what you are feeling and what you are going through, you know, rather than, I think sometimes we often feel like, oh, I'm too much for my partner or, or, oh, I have something, you know, I'm not worth being loved because I, you know, I have this problem from before, um, these kinds of things, you know, and, and people do love you. They, they will love you. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for saying that because I know for myself, like I've had numerous, um, traumatic episodes around relationship and sexuality from, from childhood, um, being abused as a child and then having a number of sexual assaults as an adult and and then being in relationships that were toxic um so i have like compounded trauma that i've had to work through and i wholeheartedly agree like i think it takes um a lot of courage and for me one of the things i I said to myself was I'm not going to give up on love like I'm just not because if I give up on love I feel that um, I don't know like I'm going to die or something like there's nothing else to live for and I would just become very um, probably cynical and abrasive and like have no luster left so I continue to be courageous around love and And I think, you know, what I've learned is that we do heal in relationship, like you were saying, Satya, because there's this theory, like spiritual people love to say, like, well, I'm going to go do my own work. And then, you know, when I'm ready, um, I'm going to be with this guy. And I know it's scary after assault because obviously like our trust has been broken we have PTSD we have trauma bonding we have all kinds of things that happen after trauma but the only way we actually heal it is by loving again and loving ourselves more and believing in love and really going for what our soul is so deeply yearning for Um, because being alone and isolated or just staying surface level with it and not really going deep we'll just keep repeating uh you'll just get confirmations why you shouldn't be in relationship basically yeah that's it's so true so you know just being willing to take that step and and uh have conversations around it and and when you get triggered you just have to talk about the trigger and and um it's uh you know it's it's a lot i mean and there's i think also too um part of it is needing uh, uh repetition and reassurance i know for me some of my stuff i, I have to I need reassurance from my partner because I'll go back into an old thought that is not true. And I need to just kind of check in, do a check in like, okay, I'm, you know, you just did this and I'm imagining this and, you know, is this, is this the case or not, you know, and then just kind of being reminded or, uh, or, or them being there and, and listening, uh, which is, you know, on the flip side, um, when you're when you're helping someone who is has had a lot of trauma, when you're in a relationship with someone who has had a lot of trauma, um, just listening. You know, you don't ha- you're not responsible for fixing this person and healing this person. Number one, but just by listening, just by loving them, just by listening, that is huge. And not necessarily mm-hmm. fixing, not necessarily saying like, oh, well, this was, you know, um, oh, well, here's the positive of this. And well, it was meant to happen and everything will be fine. Or you, you know, none of that, no advice giving, no, no dismissing or sugarcoating or um, placating, none of that, just, just listening and, um, just saying, you know, I want to understand, you know, I see, I see what you're saying. I, I hear your pain or, you know, please feel free to, to talk to me about it and tell me about it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. 
Oh my God, I'm so happy you said that. Yeah, it's really key. And I want to point out to like the men who are listening, especially because, um, well, first I want to thank the guys who've been in my life, <laughs> who've put up with my trauma um, and, and had had to, you know, hold space for me to go through my healing because the statistics show that like one out of five women have been assaulted. Um, so that means at least one woman, you know, <laughs> if not more, um, have gone through some level of sexual assault and it's only one out of 33 men. So I think that's more common that uh, in heterosexual couples where a man, um, is dating a woman or you know partnered with a woman who has some sexual trauma and unfortunately you know we don't come with manuals and it most people are not trauma informed they don't understand like how to handle trauma and i think a lot of times um they think it's their fault so maybe we should talk satya a little bit about like how people with trauma respond um and how we we kind of get stuck in trauma loops or, you know, what, what does trauma look like? Because if you're just dating someone or getting to know someone, you probably don't know their sexual history. A lot of people with sexual assault um, have buried it so deeply, they might not even remember if it happened in childhood and that, that did happen to me. Um, and some people just feel so ashamed that you know, they don't want to speak about that time when they were raped. I mean, I was raped as a virgin at 17 and I didn't speak about it. Oh my God, until my thirties or something. So a lot of people are like that. Um, if, if they ever speak about it. So for you guys who are dating a woman who maybe is like oversensitive or, um, you know, see, to go into social withdrawal or, you know, has some, um, you know, weird reactions to you either in the bedroom or just suddenly like changes behavior. It could be a trauma response. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And, and again, to know that those things aren't, aren't your fault. They're, you know, and they're not, they're nobody's fault. So just to uh, try to breathe through it, like don't try not to go into too much fear about it, but know that it's, it's not you, it's not your partner causing this, you know, that kind of thing, just the uh, being able to. So tell, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Amelia, when you, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty intense that you know, you were raped when you were 17 and you didn't talk about it till you were 30. So what, what was that like for you or, or what has it been like when you get triggered or you, you have to talk about it or what made you feel safe enough at that point when you were 30 to talk about it? Were you in a relationship and were you telling someone you loved or? No, I was telling a girlfriend. Um, actually, I've learned about different rapes in my life long years after they've happened. Um, and I talk a little bit, we, I, we have a few episodes on this. If you guys want to go back in our archives um, on Spotify or whatever uh, podcast listener you, you listen to, because we've gone into this in, in a number of episodes, but I, I seem to bury, like most people, bury my trauma um, and I go into a state of shock when it happens. And maybe I tell one person who's near me, um, like close to me, whether it's a friend or generally it's, it's a friend or maybe an elder or someone who I trust. And depending on how they react is how I either share it again. I mean, I have so many instances, so I'm kind of compounding like, but for example, uh, one time I was just sexually assaulted in the workplace. Somebody just groped me inappropriately. Um, he was a coworker. It was this total shock to me. It was, you know, a few days after my dad had died. So I was already in shock when he did it. <laughs> um, and I ended up telling um, the HR manager because she was asking me why I wasn't coming into the office. 
and I was a contractor there, you know, they were a client of mine and she was like, why are you not, you know, working in the office anymore? And I just said, oh, I can't, there's this one guy there that really disturbs me. And she knew how to read trauma, I guess, because she could see in my face or in the way that I said that, that something had happened and she kind of Mm. pulled it out of me. And then it turned into like, she said, I have to report this and, you know, so the CEO and the board of advisors and everybody, you know, there was an intervention and they actually allowed me to work at a different location um, for the remaining of, remainder of my contract with them. And I was really grateful for her, but it was so embarrassing and shameful for me to even explain it. And he hadn't, you know, all he did was sort of grope me. Like he, he grabbed my chat. He was like, came behind me and started massaging my shoulders and I was like what are you doing and then he grabs my chest you know and like said something horrible to me and um yeah and they just gave him a warning and said you know if he does it again he's going to be fired and we're going to report him to the police and blah 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 so that and that was the most mild sexual assault I've had I've had a lot more (laughs) worse things happen to me um but I'm really grateful for that woman to notice that I was in trauma. Um, yeah. But normally it takes me years um, before. And it's it's generally like, um, I don't know. For example, in my 30s, after my dad died, I started having um, like recurring visions um, suddenly when I was with my um, fiance, my fiance at the time. We're now divorced. Um, but when I was with him, every time he touched me, he he always wanted it to be dark. And I would get these weird visions of, um, like I didn't know who he was, I was kind of going out of my body, um, the sex was really strange, I didn't want him touching me. I was like reverting to this sort of weird childlike behavior when up until that point, I'd always felt very, um, sexually expressed like I didn't have any sexual issues but somehow with this one guy um, right after my dad's death I did start having a lot of weird um, reactions like I would just start crying um, during sex I would shake I, I wanted the lights on he wanted them off that and then I didn't trust him anymore then I was having all kinds of weird visions and I I wouldn't let him touch me um, so that was that was an extreme reaction, and it took me like a good five years <laughs> of therapy and like deep um, meditative practices, and I did a lot of past life regressions in that time to just kind of understand what was going on t- with me, and it seemed like um, I had been abused as a child, even though I don't have any conscious memory of it. But the more work I did and the more meditation I did, the more memory came back. And then it was kind of a whole other process of like, did this really happen, you know? <laughs> and so it's, it, right. it was a surreal experience. And, um, and what I found is that a lot of women in their 30s and 40s Um, and men start to remember, like they start to have seeping memories that seep into their conscious mind uh, in the most random moments, whether it's in dream time, during sex, um, and a lot in meditation. Mm. Wow, tell me about that. Yeah, I've worked with a number of clients who start meditating and then almost simultaneously as they start meditating, they start having repressed memory surface. Mm. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, and I think that's when it's really uncomfortable because people deal with that surfacing memory in a number of ways that aren't always healthy, right? Like um, they might act out, uh, like they might start blaming family members and you know causing trouble in their family like suddenly you know someone in their 40s is saying to the uncle or the father or the mother or whoever like brother you abused me when i was four years old five years old and 
you know, it's been this hidden, repressed thing so long that ev nobody has any proof and, you know, it breaks families apart and creates all this um, suspicion. And I, I hear about that a lot. And it's sort of sad because it's hard to know, is, is this false memory? Did I get this from somewhere? Or is this a collective conscious thing? Is this a past life thing? Is, I mean, that's what I was asking myself is like, is this really, did this really happen to me in childhood? Like, where am I tapping into this from? And why are the images so strong? And um, Right. So that's a very good, um, you know, point because people second guess themselves. People, you know, and it's, it, it's kind of, it's a shocking thing to, to discover or have a, random memory and then your mind begins to search for meaning or try to make sense out of something. Um, and so for you, how did, how did you, um, how were you able to, if you can put it into words, uh, discern, do you think, or, or kind of know uh, the difference between all of those things? Like if it was a collective thing or if it was yeah, how did you, or is there a touchstone yeah. or a cornerstone that you, you could say that? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. There were a few sort of touchstones for me um, to help me navigate it because as a therapist, like I was already trained in multiple therapies when I started to have these memories. And actually my behavior was what I recognized first. Um, like my sexual behavior, I was behaving, um, I was behaving like um, something that happened to me, right? I think we have a caller coming in, so I, I'm just gonna have you hold on the line with us uh, and I'll finish my thought. But yeah, I would, I had to, um, What I paid attention to most uh, and, and kind of the what, what I said to myself basically was like, it doesn't matter where the memory comes from, like now that it's in your system and you're having like physical reaction to sexuality, you're having physical sensations, like my body would tremble, I would cry. So for me, the, the, um, the body was telling me that I had trauma. Right. So because I knew about trauma, <laughs> I didn't know I had trauma, <laughs> but I had been studying trauma. So I was like, oh, my body is dislodging a lot of trauma. So it was hard for me to not want to like uh, identify what exactly happened. And and so in my meditations, I would see all sorts of stuff. And, um, you know, I would trust it and act as if it was true just to see what happened as an experiment without sharing it with anybody except a therapist or someone who could hold the experience and confidence because I really didn't want to disrupt other people's lives um, and disturb people with, with the imagery I was having because it was extremely disturbing for me uh, what I was seeing. And, you know, if it was true or if it is true that that happened to me, it was really, really horrible. Um, so I just acted as if it was true because at that point I needed to clear it from my body because my body was responding and reacting as if it was true. So that's kind of how I dealt with it. Um, I think about 10 years after really processing and moving out so much of the trauma through a lot of different therapies, I finally um, mentioned it to my family as a curiosity. Like I explained to them that for a decade or more, I had been clearing some of this from my body and they um, basically stopped speaking to me. So that kind of gave me a clue that uh, I was probably right. Like I'm probably right. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because if, if someone came to me and said, okay, I'm having these body sensations and I'm having all these visions arise in my dreams, in my sex life, in my meditations, and I can't control them and they won't stop and they're making me feel sick and uncomfortable and ashamed and disturbed and they're like nightmare, like living nightmare. I was having like living nightmares all the time. 
And so I just said this to my mom out of like a curiosity, like this is my experience, you know, like a fact. This is what's been going on. I feel I've been abused. I don't have, you know, I'm, I don't have all the information. But when she was like, that's impossible, that didn't happen to you. And then she never spoke to me again. And this is, you know, five years ago. I never said I don't want to speak to them. I, I even said in the same time that I mentioned this that, um, you know, I don't, I've forgiven everyone. Like I've worked through this. I'm, I'm not angry. Like I can see why these things happen because, you know, hurt people hurt other people. And I said, I can see why it happened, but it's been a disturbing process. And I was just hoping they might get curious and say like, wow, you've been dealing with all that for the last 15 years or something. But, but no, nobody said that. They just said, um, I can't believe you're saying this. Um, that didn't happen. And then, you know, crickets, silence, never a how are you, never a let's chat about that. Are you feeling okay? No. So then it made me realize like, okay, it's probably, it's probably true. So I don't, you know, for those of you listening who are grappling and, and maybe going through this yourselves, I get support, like work it through with therapists, with healers, with people that can hold space because, um, yeah, it's it just it's a deep process, and I think it's something that we we really need to um, work through if we want to find our own liberation, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I can't, you know, that would be uh, very disheartening, you know, to have your your family react that way um but you know also telling right and i guess we may not always be able to get the healing we want from the exact place of the trauma or the the, the place we want it but we can still get that healing i um yeah i i think the caller on the line might want to jump on and yeah maybe have a question or we have julia on the line um julia are you there you can hear me yeah we can we can hey oh so great to hear both your voices and thank you for putting so such incredible important empowering healing content together the two of you i feel like when I hear you both, I, I'm just, I feel like I'm in the room with you and processing as women together. I think it's just, I just wanted to thank you both for putting together this podcast because it's, it's transformative. I mean, I'm listening. Um, I jumped on in the middle of the, the relationship stuff and then it carried into the trauma stuff. And I thought, wow, this is, um, it's like a life process. And um, I can relate to you, Amalia, so much. Um, having been raped at 15, I felt, mm. um, very similar in the sense where I couldn't speak to anybody about it um, for many years and still actually haven't talked to my family about it, believe it or not. Um, they still mm-hmm. don't know. I just, um, it's interesting because uh, I, I just know they couldn't deal with it and they couldn't hear it. And I'd rather not, you know, like you just said, like, you know, they're just not the people I could process it with. Um, but how much it has affected me in my life, I've just been grateful to have people like you. I mean, people that have been through these horrible situations that at least have each other to help process for me. That's been a big part of my healing. And um, one thing I thought was interesting too, you said, it's like when you go back and you feel these memories come up when you're doing your own healing work and meditation and things like that, I I started realizing, yeah, I was, you know, definitely um, some form of abuse happened early on in childhood, which I never really could pinpoint again. I couldn't remember it. Maybe I blocked it out, but I don't know about you, but then, after you've been through this trauma of some sort, you feel that trauma and you, you can totally feel it in your body. You don't, you can't really pinpoint it, but next thing you know, you can see and feel people that have gone through it too, you know, and you can empathize and tune in with people, which I guess is some sort of gift through it that you can be there or at least assist others and relating to them. And I think in that relation to others, you can, I just the empathy and the compassion sometimes can be helpful too. Um, 
but I also been able to see that I've um, picked up on <laughs> the perverts out there too, a little too much. And, and, and in my family, particularly my grandfather and, that got really difficult to be around him, you know, because I don't know if it was anything directed at me or, but I know for sure he hasn't done some pretty awful stuff. I could just feel it in my core, you know? Um, But anyway, I I just, uh, no, I just think it's important to to bring it up because I think there's so much hidden shame around this topic and, and what you had to go through with your mom and your family. It's just so sad, you know, but um, I mean, thank you for being able to face your, demons and and be able to heal and be stronger from it because um i think so many people are afraid to even let it out you know um mm-hmm. and it's important to get it out you know so we don't get sick right and it's um yeah i don't know it's just it's important work so thank you for doing this oh i'm so glad thank mm-hmm. you for calling in julia and sharing that with us and yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh my goodness. Beautiful, brave women speaking truth and just, yeah, getting to the core of some really dark shit. Yes, this stuff, no family, no family wants to talk about it, right? I mean, it makes me so sad to hear your story and, and then I'm like, yeah, right. Well, that's my story too. And I think there's so many of us who have that story. Um, and and not just women. I know I know a lot of men. A lot of men I worked with have the same story too in their families. Like they were abused sexually by someone in their family and and grew up with a ton of shame around it. And they're even worse off than us, I think, because they really don't have friend. You know, at least normally we have at least one girlfriend we can talk to. And I just want to thank uh, again publicly Satya. <laughs> for um, being that friend to me and and Joe for um, also being that friend to me and inspiring me and allowing me to share it publicly because when we're witnessed in our trauma, we heal. And this podcast has been mm-hmm. such an alchemical container for me personally. Like I'm now mm-hmm. in the healthiest relationship I've ever been in. Um, with a healthy man, like we're able to talk about stuff. It's a totally different type of relationship than any other previous pattern I've been in. Um, So I know that it it works, right? Like when we do the work and we are courageous and we really look at the shadow and go into it. Because for me, like you, Julia, I I had to look at it. Like I had to sit mm-hmm. with it because I knew it's making me sick. Like I have an autoimmune disorder that I yeah. pretend I don't have half the time because it's just like so frustrating because I know it's only from trauma. Yeah. And undealt wow. with trauma. Yeah. Undealt I mean, with trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said, there's so much around just so many people just take it in and they just feel too embarrassed or shameful, you know, shamed by it. And they, and they will never go there. But I think the more people, you know, like you guys just making it public and, and the way you format it, I think it's so relatable and hopefully more people will be like, wait a minute, there's actually a lot of people that I can share this with and maybe get help. And, um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a journey, I think. And I think it's still like interesting Like you said, it comes up, now and again but thankfully you're in a situation now where you feel safe and protected and loved by your partner you know and I think that's the ultimate goal right um just uh, any relationship we're in that they can um at least you've done enough work where when it does get triggered you're able to you know work through it um in the healthiest way with a partner that's healthy because you're you've gotten to that level which is amazing you know so cheers to that yeah too. And, thank um, you I want I want to um, piggyback on that because I that's really the main point um, for anyone who has gone through trauma um, is establishing trust and safety again. Like those are two issues. You said like the two keywords, Julia, but trust and mm-hmm. safety, trust and safety, trust and safety. Like for anyone who's been through yeah. trauma, reestablishing trust and finding safe relations and safe places, uh, it's so key. So anyone who's dealing um, or, or, you know, dating or, with a partner who has had 
a significant amount of trauma or any sort of trauma, the more you can establish deep trust with them, confidence, listen, create safe spaces. Like if they say they need to go from a from a room or a group of people, like they they need to go. If they say this person is toxic, they need to be away from that person. And I think people who don't have trauma don't understand the the heightened sensitivity and 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 the needs of someone who is um, you know recalibrating from PTSD and shock and trauma bonds and all of that. So thank you for saying that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's also one other thing I did was triggered greatly last night by watching a show that was just 20 years ago. Um, it's actually a little over. It was actually a documentary on the Woodstock 1999. I don't know if you guys went to that. I didn't, and I'm glad I didn't. Mm-mm. But that was something that just watching it triggered me. I forgot how when we were in our 20s, us, the three of us, you know, we're all in our 40s, right? So we're in my teenage years, how much how much we were objectified and manipulated by men. It was just seeing this Woodstock video. Again, it was supposed to be a peace and love like it was in the 60s. It was literally women getting raped and literally it, it was, it was, I couldn't even watch it. The women were literally getting raped in crowds of people. It was awful, awful. It's a documentary on HBO. It's so disturbing. I'm like, that was oh, 20 years God. ago. That was like acceptable yeah. to literally women were getting, you know, they wanted their, you know, top off. They were getting their boobs grabbed. They were getting their clothes ripped off. They were getting groped. It was like so disgusting what was happening with this male toxic energy and they were all like getting testosterone and they were all jacked up and high and they were all in these mosh pits and they just started like totally abusing women it was like oh my god thank god i didn't go to that that was like you know i was only 20 at the time i was thinking going to that and i couldn't believe it was like hell on earth it was literally hell on earth that whole that whole thing and i was just recently watching a show with my daughter it was like america's next top model whatever and it was 2003 and the first episode of that show they literally forced women to get waxed, forced women to drop their drawers and get their pubic hair waxed on the show. On the first episode, women were crying. They were traumatized. They were like, well, if you want to be a model, this is what you do. And I'm like, holy crap, this was only 20 years ago, guys. This is, I mean, thankfully it's a lot better, but still it's like, we have so much mm. like programming from society of this is supposed to be the way women were supposed to be treated. And it's still like, we still have to fight through that because there's still so much of these men that carry that. And it's so sad being somebody that chose a safe partner. Now I'm getting out of a, a long-term marriage that, um, you know, we'll see how it goes, but it is a, it's a fear of mine to be like, just to, you know, want love, um, not just safety the next time around, you know? And, but it's right. like, it, it brings up those issues of, of, are there any guys out there? Like <laughs> that could, uh, it could be, you know, not filled with that toxic energy. Right. It, yeah. it does make you feel a little like, I might just be alone because I'm not going to put up what I just had. And I'm definitely not going to go for anything that's, that's less than, you know? Um, yeah. But it's, it's hopefully, hopefully we're going to be shifting and things are shifting, you know, um, and, and people will get the help they need and, and, and release the traumas and the programming from, from all this toxic um, energy that, you know, the abuse, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Anyway, so I, I, yeah. I, I had my rant. I just, um, yeah. just wanted to thank you. Thank you both. Um, thank you, Julia. It was a great awesome. rant. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate your, we appreciate your rant. Yeah. And I, and I thank you for making that point to Jules, because I know that when you, um, you know, when you got into your marriage, you know, a lot of it was like, I need this, you know, safety because of the trauma that you had been through before. And, and I think that that's a a valid question now is, you know, how do, how do you now um, go for, what is it you go for now? You know, if, if you went for the safety, now you want something else, like, how do you, you know, and, and I think that, you know, uh, I, I think that, people involved in in any kind of trauma or abuse like on both ends they're traumatized you know even the perpetrators and already they're traumatized it's and and everyone is it's just we we have to um keep going forward and and know that 
I think some of the trauma programming is that, you know, who will, will I, will I be alone or will someone love me? Um, or will mm-hmm. I find the love that I, that I want? And I, I think we're living in an age right now where many people have, are carrying trauma and, and many people are struggling with, um, can I have, you know, one of my affirmations that uh, came up for me this morning was, oh, and I felt like I could breathe easier. And uh, it was, I, I can have love and it, it can work. Just something simple mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I love and, that. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful say it, say it again. and pure right to the heart. Yeah. yeah. I can have love and it can work. I can have love. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that is so key yeah. because I think we just feel so ashamed and broken and like something's wrong with us when we've gone through sexual abuse. Yes. We just feel like we're unworthy yeah. of love, that we're only attracting right. perpetrators, that um, we're never going to have that kind of love, like it doesn't exist, like it's a fairy book. And that's just all BS. So. I love mm-hmm. that. We can have love. I love that. The self-worth thing is so key. Yeah. Have we, can, it work. we can have love and we can have it work. Have it work. Yes. Mm-hmm. We can have love and we yes. can have it work. Yes, we all can. All of us. And, you know, I do want to say um, we, we need to wrap up shortly. So, um, yeah, yeah, you yeah. want to hang out yeah. for a minute with us, Julia. But um, one of the things that I've needed as a trauma survivor, I hate using that word because it sounds so victim-like, but for those of us who've been through trauma and you know what we need from our partners is um, deep intimacy, deep listening. We need to know that you have integrity with your words. So if you are the one dating a trauma survivor, please, don't lie to them, please <laughs> don't add more trauma to their life. Like sometimes it can be something so innocent, like a little white lie or or just suspicious behavior. And when you're dealing with a trauma survivor, you need to be a little bit more aware and have more sensitivity. And you're gonna learn a lot about humanity and um, people if, if you can be more sensitive. Because right now I think we're dealing with the traumatized Uh, world. Like, I don't think there's many people left that haven't been traumatized. And sometimes people who've gone through so much trauma and who haven't dealt with it, they they are then the abuser or the one causing the trauma. And I know there's a lot of guys out there who've been by by broken women um, who've abused them because of their abuse. And that's not okay. Um, so that's not what I'm talking about, but trying to move towards healing together, like be that safe place, be that safe friend, be that listening ear, um, that supportive person who can reestablish love and trust with the people, you know, who've been through trauma. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Amalia. And thank you so much, Julia, for calling in. Yes, I love you both. Yeah, thank you, sister. Yeah. Love you so much. So grateful. Keep doing this amazing work. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the inspiration and um, the positive words. And for any of you guys listening um, who've gotten something out of our show today or from our podcast, please don't forget to donate to the fringe.fm slash donations. Um, please give money to keep this station on the air and to help um, the move to Arkansas. Joe, are you still awake? Are you still with us? Yeah, I'm here. I'm still here. <laughs> I promise you I'm still here. How you feeling, Joe? How's this uh, for you? I'm starting to feel a little bit like a zombie, to be honest with you. I can imagine you're quite delirious. What What are the numbers at? How How much have you raised so far? Well, we hit our goal. It's at it's at 100%. I mean, it's. I don't know where it's at. Like right now, I don't think we got any extra donations or anything like that. But if you know, the more people 
uh, donate, the longer we can sustain the network, and it, it'll really help. So, yeah. plus I promised a 24-hour kind of deal. So, I have to at mm -hmm. least do that. And how much longer you have now? Uh, till I think until about seven o'clock, and then I'm done. Okay. Seven guys, Pacific. Yeah, you guys listening? So get in there and help. Uh, give, 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 give to the Fringe FM. We love you, Joe. Thanks for having us. It was fun to do a live show with you. Oh yeah, it was fun. I had a, I had a blast myself. Good time. <laughs> <laughs> Having a blood trauma blast. <laughs> Did you learn um, anything uh, new? <laughs> uh, no, not really. But uh, I mean, I it's understand the trauma thing. It's hard to deal with, so I get it. It's good know? to be reminded, you know. It's good to just kind of have a refresher. Yeah, it's hard for, you know, like, especially uh, men that, that <clears throat> you know, if you're dealing with a, a trauma victim uh female or someone that's been through a lot of stuff you have to you have to be patient and understanding and it's kind of it's hard for men because we have this uh drive to get things done sometimes you know and it drives us crazy but that's i think it's part of being a man too you have to learn how to live in your pain a little bit for the sake of others because you can't expect you know uh, feminine energy to live in their pain for the sake of you. I don't think it works that way. I think it works the other way sometimes. I don't know. Wow, those sound like words from a wise man. Yeah. The, the wise man, Joe. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> yeah, because the feminine will, will does not want to be having to face their pain all the time. Now, that's a fact. You know, you can help them, though. Mm -hmm. I don't huh. know. What do I know? I'm a zombie. You, you know, you know a lot, Joe. And thank you for for adding your voice. I wanted to hear sort of your your two cents on the matter because I know you have a lot of experience with this also and de dealing with women who've been in pain. And you know, my my last final words or words of advice is like try not to numb out you guys like try not to lose hope i know it's really easy to lose hope actually but find hope find things to believe in and listen to your heart listen to that deeper knowing that shows you how to navigate towards back to love back to healthy love because there are healthy people out there and there's a lot of people who really want to um share in deep love I, I would say pretty much everyone if yes. they were able to uh <laughs> to 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 honor it so the more we honor love with ourselves the more we honor it with our friends and and the people closest to us the more we um attract it into our lives so please don't give up whoever's hearing our message today and i guess I this is farewell for now um until next yeah. time all right wow. beautiful Thank you, Joe. Outro music. I forgot. Here we go. <laughs> to learn more about our life-enhancing courses and transformational retreats, visit knowtheself.com. <laughs>